Que Spooky Podcast contains explicit language and content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Kispooky Podcast, where two married guys share stories of paranormal encounters, urban legends, true crime, and other scary things from around the world. I'm Kevin. I'm Andres. And welcome. What episode number is this? 23. Wow, we're 23 episodes in. We switched it up today. Kevin actually did the intro. Yup. My computer sounds like a Yeti, so I turned it off. Very loud. Welcome to the the Pride Month special. And by Pride Month special, I mean... We're two queer guys reading your scary stories. Yeah. Basically, that's it. That's it. We didn't have any... I mean, I thought that it would have been in poor taste if I found some LGBTQ in, like, stuff. Hate crimes? Yes. Yeah. I thought the I same was thing. Just I was like, like uh, how can I honor queer people without treating them like victims? And so then I was, like, Googling gay ghost sightings. I, <laughs> <laughs> I literally said that. There is I, no such thing. Yeah, I literally Googled it. It was like, there's not a lot of options with gay ghosts. Well, it's like, if there was a ghost, how would you know the ghost is gay? Why would you, you assume? I mean? like, Why would you assume? Like, do they just have their hand like this and gay, they're gay, haunting gay. you? Like, ooh. Like it's, I, yeah, no, it, yep. it just, after I typed it and then I was like, why would I type this? Like, there's no way to tell if a ghost is gay. True. Or even worse, gay paranormal. I'm pretty sure there was a lot that, of parodies. I was going to say a lot of, that sounds like a lot of porn. <laughs> a lot <laughs> of porn. Paranormal. Jeez. Don't Google it. Or um, do. It's your or business. Do, I guess. Just not at work. Well, anyway, happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. So, we're going to Chicago in a couple weeks. Yup. We won't be in OKC. Yup. We're actually going to be in Chicago the same week of Chicago, Chicago Pride. Pride. But surprisingly, it's the same week as Oklahoma City Pride. So, I think someone recently asked us, like, hey, are we going to Pride together? And I'm like, no. It was even Nise. No, it was uh, Laura. Oh, yeah. It was Laura. Oh, sorry, Laura. We can't. No. I don't want to. Oh my god, do you remember that one year when <laughs> me and Cody somehow got into the middle of the parade because we wanted to cross on the other side to go to the bar. And you guys ended up walking kept with on the going. Float. We kept yes. on going. Yep. Yep. That was That fun. doesn't happen in Chicago. No, they the cops too many cops. Yeah. No cops have pride. We don't know anybody in Chicago either to get us into the parade. Because there was that one year we were actually in the parade. Do you remember yes, that? The year, actually a few days ago, it was the, the anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting. Uh-huh. And when we attended, or when we participated in the parade, uh, the OKC Pride Parade, um, we were actually holding up, like each person in our group was holding up a sign of the name 
a name of the victim, so. Yeah. Yep. That was, that seems like so long ago. Yeah. There was an issue with the, we were supposed to have like a drag queen on the float, but nobody bought a float, so instead we were, we had like a, like a, a little. truck? No, it was like a little, like a, like a golf cart thing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? And then there was an issue with that, and then the drag queen fell, and anyway, it and was then, a good, it was a good break. <laughs> and then the choreographer didn't know what was oh, going we on. We didn't, nobody, No. It was literally a group of people. It's like, hey, do you want to be in the parade? And we're like, sure. And well, then, we, knew, we knew people, but still, we were still shorthanded. So we asked randoms, like, hey, do you want to be in the parade? And they're like, sure. So, of course, nobody practiced choreography or anything. So Well, and then they were trying to get get us to sing that one song, the the love song by the Beatles. Um... I don't remember that, but I wouldn't be comfortable singing that. I don't know the Beatles, so the Beatles. Mm. Yeah, this is this seems to be well go, going a little off topic. This seems to be an issue mm-hmm. with people that I work with, specifically white people. Um, they'll reference some movie like The Big Lebowski or something, or like some music, and I'm like, I don't know what that is, and they're like, what? you've never heard this you've never seen this this is a classic and i was like well i didn't speak english until i was almost seven so and i'm like do you know who um lola trailera is do you know who (laughs) eugenio derbez is and i'm like no so shut the fuck up yeah so obviously i didn't i really learned english until i was like 12 yes and then it's like so and even like growing up my parents just listened to regional mexican music and we watched pedro infante movies and stuff like that i never like they didn't know english so it's Mm. not like i couldn't i couldn't listen to white snake or what is that other song sweet child of mine but whatever that band is and then guns and roses like people are so surprised when i don't know the songs or the references they make and i'm like honey i'm glad i don't because that music is not good thank you usually well usually when someone says something like that i'm like i'm foreign like i'm foreign basically i would just just basically as i'm foreign i feel like it comes up a lot now now that i'm an adult i'm in i'm 30 and then like people make references and i'm like you know what i'm 30 and i still haven't watched that movie somebody we were talking about michael bolton the other day and i'm like who the fuck is michael bolton who's michael bolton he's a singer he's old isn't he wasn't he the formal former secretary of defense i'm kidding i don't know i just watched him sing i i I don't know i saw him sing um well actually now is a good time as ever to bring up one of my topics on my palate cleanser because that was partially of, of it I kind of wanted to mention about how Paramore, not Paranormal, (laughs) Paramore has been um, a lot more active on TikTok, if you've not been aware. Oh, yeah. Well, Haley posts stuff all the time. I've recently just been paying attention. And it reminds me of that one time that um, we went to the Paramore concert here, and that was fun. Yeah. That was fun. But it always makes me... It's always an interesting topic to bring up around, like, other Hispanics when I mentioned that I went through, like, an emo phase or that I liked Paramore. Because a lot of Mexicans, or specifically Mexicans from here, are Northern Mexicans. 
And yeah. then I think they understand that, like, in big cities, like in Mexico City or Monterrey, um, there's subcultures for that. And parents listen to rock? Yeah, like, my parents listen to rock. I know, like, when you said that your mom listened to Madonna, I was fucking shook. And I'm like, my mom doesn't even know my who that is. loved Madonna. My and no, Donna my mom, Summer, your mom listened to their stuff when she was younger mm-hmm. in her teens. My mom, my mom had would the album never. for Cher, ABBA, Donna Summer... Madonna to them that was like pop music so yeah it, it, it wasn't regardless of what language it was it was still pop music and my dad listened to like the Rolling Stones and things like that like Led Zeppelin so they didn't really understand what they were saying but they enjoyed the music it's like now with k-pop yeah like people listen to it it's good but they don't really understand what's happening like what the because they don't understand slaps. what they're saying <laughs> but it's still good music so you listen to it mm-hmm. you know what I mean and that's like oh yeah that's, it, not even, that's a weird argument strange that's that's even a weird argument when people say, "Well, I don't know what they're saying." Like, baby, don't you listen to Pearl Jam? You've been listening to Pearl Jam. I don't understand what fu- what that man is Dude, saying. Everybody was eating up Sean Paul back in the early two thousands. What the fuck is that man saying? Because I don't know. Uh, he actually speaks a dialect called Jamaican patois, and that's how he sings in right. Yes, that's you see, that's not in English, and people enjoyed the fuck out of his music. Yep. So that's literally, slapped. that's not an excuse. Yeah. I don't know what my parents' excuse was. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's very, it's an ostracizing feeling to feel like a lot of Hispanics give you like shit saying like, oh, well, you're not Hispanic enough for liking, because you're like paramore. I'm like, or, hey, excuse me. Or their favorite term, <laughs> you're whitewashed, quote oh, unquote. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's a very problematic term because it just... It um, erases your experience as a Hispanic growing up, Hispanics or, or Latinx growing up in the United States. Yeah. As if, like, what does it mean to be Mexican then? What yeah. does it mean to be Guatemalan? I mean, then? like me, I listened to a lot of electronic music and I always did, even as a teen. And mm-hmm. so, like, not everybody else was listening to that. But that didn't mean I didn't watch Mexican movies. Mm-hmm. That didn't mean i wasn't into mexican politics that didn't mean i know i didn't know about mexican history like where do you draw the line you see yeah. what i'm saying like yeah i may not have missed listened to regional mexican music and wearing the hats and the boots with the points and stuff and was at the club every <laughs> saturday but that didn't mean i knew any less you know what i yeah. mean no th- that's a, how i feel too it's like yeah what exactly does it mean to be mexican then if i'm not it and you're too much of it where is it a good medium? Where is it just enough the right Mexican? But you know what I think is real funny? All them little fake bitches that like to talk shit about what kind of music I listen to. We have been to the parades of um, defunding ICE. Mm-hmm. We have been like to these things that you would think that if you were so into Mexican culture. The protests and rallies. Yes, you would go to those rallies and those protests to make it easier for people that are on DACA or people that are undocumented. Mm-hmm. Where are they? I don't know. They're yeah. not here. I guess they're so, not. Like, literally, undocumented people are too Mexican for them, I guess. I don't know. I really don't know. But, I mean, I'm generalizing. I'm saying Mexican, yes. but it it includes a lot of uh, Central Americans, Mexicans, majority, um, as if for liking a specific music or for acting a certain way, you're not enough of that nationality. And I think they don't realize, and a lot of Americans don't realize, that Mexican is a nationality. It's not a race. Within Mexico, there's white Mexicans. There's mestizos. There's indigenous people. There's black Mexicans. 
to say that someone isn't Mexican enough because of something as simple as listening to Paramore is weird. Very. So. Going back to the Paramore concert. Back to the Paramore uh, concert. It was so good. It was good. But do you remember that for Misery Business, at the end of the song, she brings in people to sing with her, like the mm-hmm. last part of the song? She brought up two girls and one guy. Mm-hmm. And I think she thought that the guy wasn't going to be able to sing the parts of the song. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening is, do you remember, like, the girls couldn't sing very well? Yeah, one of them, she But she the was, guy uh, was in a band, and he sang very fucking well. And yep. he, like, hit those fucking notes. He blew those it. girls out he of the water. It. Well, granted, one of the like, girls, I feel like she was very nervous. Yeah. I mean, I would. They should have given him the microphone, actually, because he did a really good job. Thank you, Haley. You will no longer need it. Thank you. It was good. It was really good. It was a fun concert. It really was. And I miss concerts. And then, very much. Well, and this, what was like this that. like two years ago? Three years ago now? Like in 2018 no, it was when a we went? while back. It was in 2018 when we went. We're, yeah. we're just now talking about it in 2021. Oh my God. Do but you remember that one? <laughs> do you remember her version of Passion Fruit by Drake? Oh. Oh, that song is so good. Her version of that song is so fucking good. The thing that I'm so disappointed about is that while she was singing that i was recording it but i was screaming along to the lyrics so when i re-listened to it it's just me fucking screaming you know what that reminds me of that video of lady gaga singing and then in the background it's like i love you gaga. it sounds like toad <laughs> that was you you're toad that was me but it was the entire song what song was she singing then oh i don't know it was some pop- popular song, but in the background, you just hear Toad from Mario Kart, just like, <laughs> I love you, Gaga! It's like, ooh, what the fuck was Toad doing at the Lady yep. Gaga concert? Yep. You know, he's a monster. He's a little monster. He's a little That's monster. Okay. That's yep. fine. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, anyway, back to the story. What are we here <laughs> wow. for? Yeah, what are we exactly. here for? Happy Pride Month, Alphabet Mafia. LGBTQIA+. LGBTQIA+. As a B, welcome. Go ahead, G. Take it away. <laughs> I'm an island girl. Island girl. Island girl. Go ahead. Do you start uh, today? Do you start this I know, week? Or I this know, month? I know. Sorry. I am so... Uh, I think what? this is going to be a several-parter, honestly. Oh, our first two-part. Oh, several-parter. Okay, okay. I mean, I think I'm going to sprinkle uh, stories here and there when i hear an interesting so here's the thing Mm -hmm. it is my hobby to listen to scary stories all the time constantly Mm -hmm. anytime i had headphones in i'm listening to a scary story Mm -hmm. and sometimes i remember stories that i've listened to before like months or weeks later like there was so many stories that i was like ah i gotta find that video so i can like you know, first of all, give them credit for it mm-hmm. and then translate the story and talk about it. Um, but I couldn't find the stories. And so I'm going to go back. I'm talking about brujas today, by the way. Ooh. So I'm going to go back. Every time I find a story that I wanted to tell, I'm going to go ahead and translate it real quick and then talk about it on the next podcast. Mm, you guys are going to want to turn this one up. So I, I don't know. I... I'm going through a little phase right now where I'm like, I'm trash. Like, this research was not it and blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to give it my best. This one is on paper as well, so you're going to hear me flipping. I don't know why. I just, when I look at the computer screen and it's time to take notes, I can't. Mm -hmm. 
if that's if well honestly the whole point of using it like typing it all out was to not waste paper but do what you gotta do uh, <laughs> i mean the reason why i suggested let's do it you know electronically um is for that reason and so we can always look back at it so yeah and it'd be easier to in in the case of like spanish episodes to translate stuff well now i know how to use text speech to text well we love that so for you. i'm gonna 30 go years ahead in and it took you there. uh yeah mm-hmm. so i'm gonna go ahead and uh dictate these and put them in there as well so i can okay. eventually translate them to the spanish episodes if we i don't know if you go that route yes if we go that route but i I think at the beginning of the start of the podcast i did way too much of the oh we just did i was so worried that we were leaving our spanish speakers behind Mm -hmm. so i had to like you missed this on this last episode so i have to tell the story that i've already told but then i thought about i was like well a lot of our english and spanish speakers already heard this story and it's literally the same notes translated Mm-hmm. so yep. a lot of people heard them twice and i was just like you know maybe eventually i'll circle back but not yeah. this soon well, because you know how we don't have that many episodes we're a little baby podcast yeah. leo is sleeping next to me yeah we are not a full functioning production company yeah okay well let's get into it okay brujas so for our non-spanish speakers what are brujas Brujas are witches. Specifically, okay. I'm talking about Mexican witches, like the witches that we grew up hearing about. Uh, I'm not talking about, um, and I don't want to say like that this is all witches. This is just specifically the scary ones that we heard about when we were kids. Mm-hmm. This is not your next door Wicca friend. This is not the girl that works at the spirit fair. You know what I mean? This is not indicative of every witch and every Wiccan out there. Mm-hmm. And this should not be used as a, um, this is how they actually are. This is just what I found. This version of witches in Mexico is is what I based this off of. This is not, this has no bearing on anybody else, is what I'm trying to say. Because there are Wiccans and, and witches that practice that um, do a lot of good. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to get the wrong idea. But anyways, <clears throat> so I'm starting. Brujas. What are brujas? Women who practice witchcraft, simply put. They are malevolent practitioners of black magic that set out to do harm to those who get in their way or to help someone that contracts them for their service. It is told that these women make a deal with the devil himself to obtain these otherworldly powers. These women bring misfortune, sickness, hardship, death, and hauntings, just to name a few things. They have a wicked mastery in controlling forces and energy to manipulate outcomes. People in more rural areas of Mexico are definitely more afraid of them, and they're more real to them. Mm-hmm. It's more common for people in rural areas of Mexico to you know, to not want to go out at night or stand under trees and close their windows or be more careful when there's newborns in their houses just because of the, because of the superstition that goes with that. As a kid growing up and visiting Mexico, I was always told to be fearful of them, to always behave and never go out at night without a su- without supervision. So, mm-hmm. and there are a few times that come to mind. Um, so, sometimes part of our land in Mexico was it what's called the Monte, which is out in like the mountains, and it was maybe 10, 10 miles away. 
And so all the time when we would go out there, my parents would be like, be very careful. Don't walk away. There's witches out here. And I'm like, what? You know, like a kid. I've told you this before. It was like, Mm -hmm. I grew up in the United States. Nothing bad happens here. Everything's normal. Everything's copacetic. And as soon as we... In terms of uh, paranormal activity, right? Yes. And every time we would go to Mexico, it was like something new I was learning about my parents. Like, it was like they were genuinely afraid of things. Mm -hmm. And so they would be like, uh, don't, don't don't stray too far away because the witches live out here. And yes, there are old women that live out there in those mountains that forage for themselves, that hunt for themselves and stuff. And it is said that they're witches, that they can turn into animals and that they take children and do things to them. And so it was always like a thing I was very afraid of. Like, I never wanted to be out there after dark and I never wanted to be by myself and stuff like that. So it was just Mm -hmm. like something that was very real to me. Uh, They're usually blamed for infant deaths of or sudden misfortune. So when there's a sudden when a please stop looking out the windows, you're scaring me. I don't just continue. I don't like the windows being open and the windows are open. No, I'm already I already started with my story. Uh, Okay, so usually like when when, uh, infants have SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome in mm -hmm. Mexico, these the usually they blame witches because they are they focus specifically on infants that haven't been baptized and they feed off of them. What do I mean they feed off of them? They suck their blood dry. So they suck their life force and their blood. Oh no. Like gross. Yeah. So I've read a few things over the years and um watched videos about how they obtain their powers and it's pretty macabre. Oh no. So here's this was one of the videos that I wanted to uh translate for you, but I couldn't find the video and so I tried my best to remember what the video had said because it was like it was like me laying in bed at night like listening to this and i was like so like this is scary i was scared okay so in one version these witches initiated this witch initiated her niece for days in preparation the story told that the niece uh by the niece's point of view and she said she was uh, eating she was given raw meats to eat and given teas to drink so it was specific herbs and she was given a bunch of like different meats to prepare her body um she was made to read stories and passages from strange and old books at night they would dance naked around fires and blaspheme on the very last night she was uh she was to inherit her powers she was brought to a waterfall with a cave behind it uh it was long and dark she was made to stand under the waterfall the water the water would pelt for uh, her for hours Suffering in agony and cold till the devil appeared to her from the cave. If her resolve faltered or changed her mind, the devil would take her soul at that moment. If he accepted her, she would immediately have to bring him a sacrifice. So what ended up happening is she never finished her ritual and she ended up running away. She, from the, from in the cave, she started to see the devil come out and start walking towards her. Mm-hmm. And she was so afraid and she just felt like this primal fear in her gut. And she was like, no, this is, I don't want this. So she literally took off running 
and uh, her family never saw her again. Supposedly, she changed her name and just disappeared, moved to a different country. She moved to, I think it was said Guatemala or something like that, and she never went back. Because she knew that if she came back, obviously her family would kill her. Wow. Because she had promised herself to the devil and she ran away. Oh, no. Uh, So in this different version, there's also this version. So what they do is like they have these fledgling witches and they train them. They start training them on how to do like potions and start training them how to like prepare these spells and stuff. And so they'll have them training for months and months and months. And then eventually they're like, okay, you're ready. And so what they'll do is they'll have the fledgling witch break into somebody's house and steal their infant. Once they steal their infant, they sacrifice them with the devil and drink their blood. And that's how they get their powers. Now, the difference is the the difference with the fledgling witches and a regular witch is the fledgling witch doesn't have any powers. So when you hear stories of witches, you hear people falling deep into sleep, not being able to wake up, not being able to get out of bed. They're like spelled like they can't do anything. Hexed. Yes, they're hexed. They, and these witches can come through doors, like locked doors. They can come through windows. They can like basically teleport in your house and take your kids from you. But these fledgling witches don't have any powers, and they have to manage a way to break into your house and steal Mm -hmm. your kids. They do all the dirty work. To show the devil that they are willing to do the hard work. And so that's like the initiation part of it. Mm -hmm. So those are two ways that I've read that witches inherit their powers. Wow. Hey, I have a question. What? Can males be witches? We're specifically focusing on female witches, but yes, males can be witches. Can non-binary people be witches? Yes. Okay. Anybody can be a witch. Okay. How do these witches perform their... That's so inclusive. Continue. How do these uh, How do these brujas perform their feats of magic? Well, one way is an amarre. And let me tell you, I had a very fun time looking up what, am- what amarre is in English. Isn't it just like a, a tying... A. That's a literal translate. That's a literal translation, but that's not what it means. Okay. It's called a tether. You're tether. tethering. You're tethering this spelled item to a person. <laughs> so whatever happens to this item is going to happen to the person. Whatever spells you cast on it or evil you do to this item is what's going to happen to the person. Okay. And um, so it's usually like a receptacle that's filled with uh, herbs, dead animals. Um, there's usually like a spell that you write out or your intentions on a piece of paper and you put it inside of this, this, like it's sometimes it's a statue specifically what I'm referring to is I don't, I don't, um, I don't know if you remember, but like maybe two or three years back, there's a, there was a video on Facebook of somebody that found an amarre at their mom's, uh, gravesite. So what happened was, is like this guy comes to the cemetery to put, to lay flowers at his mom's grave. And he sees that the earth in front of her grave has recently been dug up. And he's like, what the fuck is this? So he starts um, undigging this thing that's in the ground. And it's like, it's red. It's in like a red bag. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what is this? And so like, he starts getting kind of freaked out. And he's like, nobody touch it. So they all get gloves. What Somebody has gloves. Somebody gets gloves and he's just touching this thing with his bare hands. 
and he starts unwrapping it. Well, it's not actually a bag. It's a ribbon that's been twisted around this thing over and over and over and over and over. But it's just so much ribbon that it looked like a bag. And so as he's unwrapping this, there's wax that's there's wax pieces that are that are falling off that have been dripped all over this thing. It's a red ribbon, mm-hmm. and he keeps going and he keeps going and he keeps going, and then eventually he gets to this white cloth, and this white cloth has like blood on it, and he's like, "What the fuck is this?" So then he takes the white cloth off of it, and there's a statue of La Santa Muerte. So it's the Holy Death. It's a statue of the Death with her scythe, mm-hmm. and so there's something inside of it. And when he pulls out the thing from inside of it, it's a dead hummingbird. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a like a bundle of um, herbs in there. And mm-hmm. so he starts pulling out the herbs and then there's a paper inside of it. And so he takes out the paper and he starts like opening it and reading it. And it's like, you will always be mine. You Your eyes will never look at another and blah, blah, blah. And there's a picture of this guy in there. And he's like, some lady came and dug this amarre in my mom's grave. He u- She used my mom's grave to do evil. And he was very upset about it. Oh my God. Yes. And now, a um, couple weeks later, I'm listening to Aurora La Medianoche, that podcast from um, Mexico. And he, he used to have two ladies that were practicing Wiccans that practice white magic. They were curanderas and they would come on the mm-hmm. show every Friday and he's like, hey, I got something real special for you guys. He's like, we have a video and you guys are going to tell me what's going on. And so these ladies went through and explained like that the ribbon was the tethering of the spell to the person. La Santa Muerte is who they were petitioning to. The colibri or the hummingbird that they found inside of it was the sacrifice to La Santa Muerte. Mm-hmm. The herbs were special herbs that supposedly La Santa Muerte liked. They had special magical meaning. And the paper that they brought out in the picture was like the actual spell, the intent the of intention. the spell and who it was directed to. And what the lady was, what one of the ladies was saying was she's like, this is some heavy shit. She's like, I would never do something like this because this person, this person, this person, this person is mixing like the belief in La Santa Muerte with Santeria. Mm -hmm. They are mixing different types of witchcraft together. And she's like, you don't do that. You're petitioning to La Santa Muerte. You're petitioning to a demon. She's like, you were just waiting for like some bad shit to happen to you. If this, this Amarre got dug up and it got um, ruined. Mm-hmm. So now that magic, that spell that that person did, first of all, is going to backfire on them. They're going to die. She's yeah, like, this it's... is this is heavy enough to make this person die. And the people that were there unwrapping it with their bare hands have cursed themselves for the rest of their because lives. Because they touched it. Yeah, yes, because they touched ugh, it with I their hands. I was cringing when you said that. Um, but it's basically they were promising the same thing to two different entities yes unknowingly maybe i don't know no it was several different entities oh several yes yeah you can't promise you know something you can't promise something to the different people yes because they're all gonna want they're all gonna want they're all gonna those wanna cobrar they're all gonna want their their share Mm -hmm. and entities don't share they want it all or they i mean they want you or they want it all you know what i mean and so she was just talking about like what kind of what goes into the spell? What? Sorry. Uh, so, for reference, a curandera is... A medicine woman. Medicine woman, yeah. It's like a healer. 
Usually they practice um, white magic. Yes. So, okay. For reference. So, um, so she was kind of explaining and she was like, and, and they were both in agreement. It was kind of crazy because I was like, okay, so they really do know what they're talking about mm-hmm. because they, they're both women that live in uh, Calvillo, Aguascalientes. They both live in Aguascalientes. They have their own practice and they have people mm-hmm. that come see them. And they were like, this type of spell takes like six months. You have to, you need the, the lunar solstice, the type of herbs that they used. You need to grow those herbs yourself and you need to pick them one by one. You need to spell them every night. Like you're sitting there um, saying a spell to these herbs while you're binding them and you're putting them inside the statue. They're like, this is a lot of work. Whoever made this amarre, first of all, knows what they're or is kind of like a beginning like witch that Mm -hmm. doesn't know what they're doing and they put a lot of work into it so they were like they really just conjured up a bunch of shit that they didn't need to well r.i.p yeah so um i've also i don't know if you've also heard about um it's something that you eat what do you mean um so i've heard this a lot like you don't eat from everybody's food in mexico you have to be very careful from whose food you eat like if oh that's why it's it's not like okay so for americans like when it's like in movies when someone new moves into the neighborhood they bring over like a dessert or something in mexico people don't do that yeah you do not take food from strangers the thing is is that brujas or witches they come off as, as like the, specifically these kind come off as like this really nice person this really great neighbor that you have but really they're cursing you they're hexing you they're putting herbs and animal parts in your food and they're they're in you're ingesting it so you're ingesting the hex and so what happens a lot in these situations is that these people come down eventually with a sickness that they can't get rid of Mm-hmm. and they'll go to the doctor it's not cancer it's not like an autoimmune disease the do- like the the doctors can't really figure out what's wrong with you it's like this mysterious illness or this mysterious infection yeah. that kind of never goes away and sometimes people that seek out healers will get better sometimes they don't mm-hmm. if you don't seek out a healer at all most of the time those people end up dead yeah there's been a lot of uh como se dice usually it's always the same people that or overly friendly that give you el malojo. Yeah. Which is like... Uh, the ire of their eye, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how you would say that. It's, but it's kind of like you're envious to the point where you hex them. And sometimes it can be unintentional, I guess. I recently yes. learned that. So what it is, is that... So that's why you see a lot of uh, people wear like red wristbands with like a blue eyeball that's supposed to protect you against el malo. That's actually very popular in Middle Eastern cultures as well. It actually started in Egypt. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was brought over to Mexico by to uh, Latin American countries by Lebanese uh, immigrants. Yes. So what it is is um, everybody's energy, and everybody has a certain control over energy. Mm-hmm. Like as a human being, you you have certain controls over your energy, your aura, or whatever you want to call it. Some people have really good control over this energy, whether they know it or not. So when you have something that I want or I'm jealous of you, I'll look at you with envious eyes and that negativity will transfer to you. <laughs> to our uh, younger generation, it's like bad vibes. Yes. It's literally, <laughs> literally bad, vibes. bad vibes. So 
people that are very susceptible to maldiojo is infants. It'll mm-hmm. happen a lot with, yep. with newborns. Like um, somebody will have a new newborn and it's like a woman that can't have children, supposedly. Mm-hmm. It'll be like somebody that can't have children or or it's this is like very racist. But like um, you'll have women that are like, oh, your kid came out with blue eyes and blonde hair. I wish mine looked like that. And so they'll look at their kids like... Oh, because they value European beauty yes, standards? because they oh. value European beauty standards. And so they'll look at their kids and then suddenly your kid is sick and won't get better. Mm-hmm. And so That's why a lot of, uh, for a lot of babies, they tie um, an ojo de, ojo de venado, which is, it's like those dark balls. Ojo de venado just means like a deer eye. Is it an actual deer eye? Um, I hope not. Is it a crystal no, I don't know, but it it has like a red ribbon around it as well, and yeah. usually they they're like surrounded by the 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 thing that protects you against el mal ojo. Yeah, but babies like my younger sisters all had to wear one. Yeah, so I specifically put in my notes mm-hmm. that witches have a mastery over controlling energies for this reason, because they can control their auras or their energies to hex people. They don't even have to spell anything or um give you something to eat Mm -hmm. they can actually just do it by looking at you and so um there are stories of people that are like walking around at a fair or something and they have like a woman give them a look and then all of a sudden they're sick they don't feel well and stuff like that it's just it's very the things that people say witches can do is very interesting yeah oh even then the ones that are way more superstitious like um i mean i don't want to sound like ignorant in saying this but in a lot of rural areas in mexico they still cling on to these ideas where they believe that any owl looming over their house sometimes has um is a witch in disguise i've seen videos of like people killing owls people killing owls saying like you're a witch i know you're a witch transform back into a witch and it's like this is an owl yeah <laughs> um i remember one time sometimes it leads to a lot of n- unnecessary animal cruelty yeah or even or like remember a... that there was a football player do you remember that what uh owl landed in the middle of the soccer not a football soccer field mm-hmm. and he kicked the owl and he got kicked out of the game for kicking the oh, owl i remember that my grandma actually uh was so happy for that <laughs> that's just <laughs> she's weird it's just an owl it's just because a little she, baby she owl. said it like even that's a if it's not a witch the association with witches is is a reason enough to not want again what's the thing with the owls though remember when i was talking about the stegini when you find owl feathers Mm -hmm. what is this obsession with owls being evil well let's go back to prehistory owls have a connection to women there you go Wow. Said. <laughs> Women well, are Well, actually, evil. in ancient Greece, um, Athena was associated with... With owls? With owls. Wisdom. So Athena is the god of wisdom. Yup. It's just, it just boils down to misogyny. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay. So, um, how do brujas... Um, what is their method of transportation, you may ask? They Uber. Okay. They Lyft. We are in a 21st century yes. modern world. Thank actually, you. Actually, no. So, supposedly, brujas can actually appear as large balls of fire in the sky. Very economical. Uh, They also transform into large owls or large turkeys. 
These types of apparitions are mostly reported in rural areas of Mexico, and there are some really good videos out there of balls of fire in the sky. Yep. yep. And they do look a little sus. Like, it's fucking weird. Why? You know, I would understand if it was, like, close to a military base or near a lake where there's gas coming from the lake. But sometimes these things are happening out in the middle of the desert where there's, like, villages Mm-hmm. And there's balls of fire in the sky. And so they're like, uh, get the fuck back in your house. That's a fucking witch. She's about to come down and steal your soul and take your kid. And they're like, um, I guess I'll go to bed now. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of that video that was going around. Oh, this is like years ago of the witches flying in the mountains in, uh, fuck. Monterrey. Was it Monterrey? Yeah. Yeah. There was a video in broad daylight. Of these two witches. Was it two witches or one witch? It was witch? one. One witch flying across. In front of the mountain. In the front of the mountains. In Monterrey, there's a very popular uh, witch that appears. And it was uh, what kind of like got people started. And maybe this is real. Was because of that police officer that was attacked. While he was. Um, <gasps> yeah. Do you remember? And yeah. they interviewed him. It was on the news. He uh, had scratches all over him from mm-hmm. the supposed witch. He said that. She, it was like a big bird, but it wasn't a regular bird. It was like the face looked like a woman mm-hmm. and it came down and it like scratched him up and fucked his ass up and beat his ass and then just flew away. And then the news, uh, the news report came and they interviewed him. And the thing was, is that he wasn't the only one that reported seeing something like that. It was like, there was like a lot of reports there coming in. enough witnesses to yeah, maybe think. It was like, a oh. lot of people. This was, this happened in what, 2014, 2011? Mm. It was in the early 2010s. I want to say I was still in Illinois. So it was probably 10 years ago. Yeah, it was probably then, it was like 2009, 2008. Mm-hmm. So... But these things seem to happen a lot in Mexico, a lot in these rural rural parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is. I can tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you be, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret, and I'm gonna be real honest. But I'm not very scared of a lot of things when I'm here in the United States. But when I'm in Mexico, especially like in where my parents are from, mm-hmm. I shut the door at night and I go to bed real early. Do a quick hail mary. Yes. I'm not Catholic in the United States, but I'm very Catholic in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if that gives you any idea. So, as I mentioned before, their main source of nourishment is fabled to be children or infants. Specifically, the ones that have not been baptized yet. Holy objects, holy water, seals of protection, scissors in the form of crosses, and prayers are some of the only ways to defend against them. Also, interestingly enough... So, um, and I witnessed this as a kid. People curse them out what to get mean? them to go away. Like, they'll be like, fuck you, bitch. Get the fuck out of here. You oh, stupid yeah, ass. You have to be really aggressive. You have to be them. really aggressive and rude against them, and then they'll fly away. So, I put in my notes, curse them out. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. <laughs> Bleep. So, uh, if being stalked by them, you have to orient them. They will follow you wherever you go. So if you're being stalked by a witch and you move houses, they will come find you. Mm-hmm. There's not just... It, it's like a haunting that follows you. There's not a way to get away from it. Hell no. Okay, so on to my story. Oh. Uh, the story is called La Bruja del Pueblo by Anonymous for Relatos de Horror, the channel on YouTube. <clears throat> Let me just get ready. 
Let me just get ready. Uh, my story starts like this. My parents are from a small village in the state of Puebla. It belongs to the municipality of Tuzmapan de Galeana. I spent much of my childhood here. There were always lots of spooky stories and sightings of strange things growing up. Some downright bone chilling. My grandma would always tell me stories of an old woman who was approximately 60 years old. To this day, she is still an inhabitant of the pueblo. I was a witness with my own two eyes of the things my grandma would tell me. The grandson of the woman was one of my best friends for a time. He would tell me that the small shack made of adobe, repurposed wood, and corrugated metal was popular. People came to visit his grandma all the time. They would come to be spiritually cleansed from bad luck, paranormal phenomena, or they would come looking for spells, potions, or petitions to dark things. He, he could see these things happening in a small gap in the wood from his room to hers, and he would often see his grandma working. He would watch as tens of, uh, tens of women all, of all ages would come visit his grandma to light many candles and speak in different tongues. He was young and didn't understand what was happening, so he continued his life as normal. I remember one day he came to school early. He called me over and told me that he had borrowed one of his grandma's books. I was excited. During recess, we met up to investigate the strange book. Immediately, I noticed this wasn't a normal book. It had strange, grotesque pictures and writings in other languages. For example, on one page, there was a naked, muscular man, but it had an ugly deer head. It was like a statue, and around it was women and children praying to it on their knees. There were a few men in the illustration, and the ones present looked like they, were, they stood around it with candles in hand praying to it. There were other pictures of strange half-human, half-demon men, although I couldn't tell because I couldn't read the language it was written in. It was at that moment I realized that that woman was some type of witch, Nawal, or servant of the devil. I swear she knew I, she knew that I knew, because after that, everywhere I went, she was. On one occasion, I accepted an invitation to my friend's house. I didn't want to go, but I was more afraid of angering the woman for not wanting to hang out with her grandson. When I got there, I didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. Though we watched TV for a while and got bored, we decided to play hide-and-seek. When it was my turn, uh, I, took, I, I looked for my friend and unfortunately entered a strange room. The walls were covered with this strange long velvet black curtain. The hair, on the, the hair on my neck stood up as I looked down. On the floor was scary statuettes, demonic figures, men with heads of goats, strange birds, and boars. All the statuettes faced one direction. They were facing me at the door. Their eyes were red. Were they alive? I, I could swear I saw one move. In that moment, I heard the front door open. I'm home, I heard. Uh, the old woman was home. I snapped out of it. I jumped out of the room, hoping the woman didn't see me. She was standing there at the door in her full-length black dress. She was old, gaunt in the face, thin with a hunchback. Her arms had boils and visible veins. Her eyes were penetrating. She had a bag full of disgusting-smelling herbs that she had picked. She stood there and gave me a huge, sinister grin. Why don't you stay for dinner, said the old woman. With my voice trembling, I said, my dad would get mad if I wasn't home for dinner. I said goodbye to my friend and started to, to run out. Something caught my foot. I tripped. His grandma let out the loudest mocking laughter I had ever heard while my friend just watched. 
I composed myself and picked myself back up. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything and ran out. When I got home, I didn't say anything to my parents. They knew I was friends with that little boy, even though they had advised me not to. They said they saw how upset I was when I got home, but um, had a talk with me and were serious about me not hanging out with him anymore. We don't want you to visit him, talk to him, or hang out, and that was that. So from then on, I distanced myself. I made new friends. Weeks later, I was at one of my new friend's houses, and she sh- uh, she showed up. In those days, most people had chickens, and she wanted uh, and they laid eggs. She wanted to purchase some some eggs, so I quickly got up from the seat I was in, and she immediately sat down. They brought her the eggs. She paid and left. I sat down on my seat again, but something stabbed me in my leg. I tried to pay no attention to it, but my leg was more sore as the evening went on. When I got home that night, I took my clothes off to take a bath, and that's when I saw it. I had a needle in my leg that my jeans had been pulling back and forth, opening a wound in my leg. Oh. I immediately told my parents and grandma. My parents were angry. We told you not to hang out with that child. Um, What I was going to mention earlier, too, is that how you were saying that like some people get sick and then they don't get better or they have to go to a curandero to get better um there is a lot of stories also that say that like someone pissed you know pissed off the wrong person and they ended up finding like nails or staples or needles like in their stomachs or something yeah so it's very like it's to a possession almost because you know when people are people get exercise they throw up these items Mm -hmm. it's very much like this they have items inside of them they didn't know they don't know how they got there oh yeah or like how coranderos would like uh like while they're helping them they like end up like throwing up like nails or needles yeah um there's videos about these if you guys want to watch them so the mom says now look what happened what are we going to do now? Relax, said my grandma. That old bitch is just trying to scare him. She bad oh, bitch. That grandma's bad Grandma, bitch. grandma coming in for the kill. The next few days, my wound healed and my old friend moved away. So her, her grandson moved away mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Um, sometime later, I was hanging out at home when I heard yelling. The house is on fire, someone yelled. We grabbed buckets and ran to, the, and ran to where the commotion was coming from. It was that old woman's home in flames. We threw bucket after bucket on the flames to try to put it out with no luck. Out of the fire, a huge black uh, pig stumbled out. It had a disfigured face. Everyone watched it run off and continued to throw water on the flames. I kept watching that disgusting pig and it ran into a stable that had horses and ducks. Only one way in. Several minutes later, my heart sank as that old woman walked out. Wait, she was the pig? Yes. <gasps> oh my God, what was she doing around, in there? I looked around. Everyone was too busy. I was the only one that saw what had just happened. I could not believe what I saw. I had to look, and the only thing I found inside that stable was the very, very scared ducks. <laughs> the ducks are like, what was that? After the fire, they concluded that it had been caused by the candles that she had laying around in her house. The community ended up making her another house because she was old and had no one. Hmm. Since her grandson had moved away. Well. Um, a few months later, my mom sent me to pick mangoes as a dessert after dinner. My father was about to be home and it was getting late. 
So she sent me to the forest. Uh, when I got there, that pig was there again watching me. The hairs in the, on the back of my neck stood up. I looked away for just a moment, and when I looked back, instead of the pig was the old woman picking herbs. Oh, hell no. She looked up and saw me. Our eyes locked and stared. I turned around and ran away. I could feel her right behind me the whole time. When I got home, my heart jumped out of my chest. The old woman was standing there in front of my mother at the door. She was selling her the herbs she had picked. <laughs> I thought I was going to pass out. She thanked my mom, looked at me, smiled, and walked away. My mom said, Where are the mangoes? You're so lazy. Why didn't you go get them? The old woman laughed and walked away. My mom didn't want to my mom didn't want to buy the herbs from that old woman because she disgusted her. She had boils all over her arms and hands. Her nails were dirty and disfigured, and as she breathed, a strange croaking came from her chest. Oh my god. My dad came home and he was angry. How could you let that old woman scare you, son? She said, "Oink." Um that's insane. Are you done with that story? I'm sorry. No. Still oh my reading. god, this is better than Twilight. Keep it going. Everything I had been holding in for almost a year came out. After a long explanation, my father laughed. A witch? That idiot is not a witch. If she was, she wouldn't be roaming the streets, picking up trash and selling herbs. And you said she's a healer or, or a cleanser? If she was, she would get rid of those disgusting boils and rashes she has all over her body. She stinks. Oh, that's kind of rude. Yeah. If I see a disgusting black pig around these parts, I'll shoot it and eat it for dinner. Not even a week later, my father fell ill. Oh. A terrible sickness. There was vomiting and defecating blood. He lost loads of weight quickly. He always had a fever. His skin started to look like paper, white and thin. And he had bags under his eyes, blacker than I'd ever seen before. It looked like he was dying. For months, he got worse. My mom had to take over for him at work because he couldn't even get out of bed anymore. One day, he told me he couldn't take it anymore. The pain in his stomach was agonizing. And he told me to quickly get my grandmother. The medication and studies the doctors had done to him didn't work. He was wasting away. My grandma knew that the only option was to take him to a healer instead. Immediately when she saw him, the healer, mm -hmm. she uh, saw that there was, there was evil around him. She began to cleanse him. She cured him with some herbs that had a wonderful smell. And we obviously know what she does with those herbs. She smacks the shit out of you with them Ooh. and beats the shit out of you with them. On your back. Yes. And then puts a potted plant on your head. Yes. So she's beating her, his dad up with these fucking herbs, rubbing oils all over him. And he starts convulsing. Mm -mm. He starts convulsing and agonizing. And then finally, oh, no. his father, uh, his father begins to relax. He said that he began to feel weak, dead almost. The healer rubbed an egg all over his pulse points on his body and cracked it in a glass of water that she brought out. Oh my god. The yolk and whites twisted and twirled in the glass to form a grotesque figure, nothing I had ever seen before. She said, this is strong black magic. Someone wants your son dead now, she told my grandmother. My grandmother burst into tears. She was giving up. She said, don't cry. It's not too late. I know exactly who did this. I treated someone with the same symptoms last year. I, I couldn't save him because it was too late. He was vomiting worms and defecating grubs. 
Uh-uh. My no. grandma whipped, wiped her tears and said, who? She said, her name is Gloria. It was the old woman. Mm-mm. We're going to have a word with her. She prepared a concoction to cure my dad. Slowly, my dad got better after months, and he refused to ever cross paths with that woman ever again. We stayed far away and moved when we got a chance. To this day, when I talk to my old friends years later, that old woman lives not having aged a day since we lived there. Strange people still come and visit her at all times of the day. Her grandson eventually came back and works as a police officer for the nearby city. Of course he doesn't he does. live with her anymore. We're friends on Facebook, but have not ever reached out to contact each other. Girl, if you don't block his <laughs> And that is the end of that story. Wow. Yes. Oh my god. Wow. And this story actually got submitted to this podcast. Well, or not this podcast, this uh, YouTube channel. But this story was actually told on La Mano Peluda before mm-hmm. the uh, the presenter died. Oh my god. So dude. this this specific story has been around for years now. My when I was younger, I didn't know what La Mano Peluda was to begin with. Yeah. And to those that don't know, it was kind of like a radio station where people would call in their like paranormal experiences i guess or yeah. like scary shit it was um, kind of one of the first shows of its kind especially on mexican radio mm-hmm. because this wasn't like a regular thing that people did oh no it was and not it was something like a that program talked about he was actually on a very popular radio station and he would come on at night mm-hmm. yeah it was so like his own it was segment strange first of all because it was paranormal and people were talking about it on the radio and second of all because it was on one of the most popular radio stations in mexico mm-hmm. which you would think um, that they would put it on some of the least popular ones because it's not something that it's like a niche thing yeah. but actually a lot of people were interested in it it was very much ahead of its time i remember my one of my aunts refusing to talk about it when i was younger she was like i'm not gonna talk about that and like i think it was around the same time when i i, I guess showed interest for in this paranormal? type of stuff so she would be like, no. Well, she's actually the one that told me about her experience um, with the possessed Smurf doll. Um, Remember that a few episodes ago? Yeah. Um, she was the one that kind of told me about that because she traveled from Mexico to here to see us. And so she was in the know. Stop. Hey. Why does she decide to do that now? I don't know. Okay, so, sorry, was that the end of your It segment? was the end of the story, but... So, now I kind of wanted to talk about my personal experience that it happened to me. Okay. So, um, when we were in Mexico, I was younger. It was my uh, Aunt Adriana. Mm-hmm. We were playing hide-and-go-seek. It was me, my Aunt Adriana, and my sister Jasmine. And so, the way my grandma's house was set up, it was, like, connected to other people's houses. It was, like, one long adobe building, but, like, it was sectioned. So, the this end section was her part, and her house was shaped like an L. The L part, like, the bottom of the L was the kitchen, and then there was a gate, and you could come in um, to her, her, it's called a patio in Spanish, but it's, like, her... Her living area, her front yard, her her front door was pointed there. It was like her front door and her back door was, were on the same side. There was no... The back side of the house was actually on the street. So it was okay. weird. But anyways, 
So, but there was no light. They didn't have a light in front of that that garage mm-hmm. area. And so on the further side where the house wasn't, there was a couple rooms that they had. Just, you know, uh, one was a laundry room. One was where the washing machine was. And the room after that was actually a room. And then next to the room was like the pila where she washed her clothes. She had like a wash a washboard. And she had that big receptacle of water that she would just go out there and wash, wash clothes. Um, so we were playing hide and go seek. And Jasmine and my aunt ran inside the house and I didn't know. So I was the only one outside and it was pitch fucking black. It was a new moon that night. So there was no moon. And so I'm like looking and looking. And I I mean, obviously this was like early 2000s. I had no cell phone, so I didn't have a flashlight. And so it was really dark. And at the very end of one of the rooms, I could, I thought I could see somebody, but it was so pitch black. I'm getting the chills just remembering this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, hey, hey, I found you. Come out, come out. And they wouldn't come out. And so I was like, okay, maybe I, I'm like, I'm too scared. I don't want to go back there. I don't want to like go touch whatever this thing is. I can see like a shadow back there, but I don't want to mm-hmm. touch it. And so I climbed up to where the to where the receptacle was of water above the house because I thought they were hiding behind it. Mm-hmm. And so I climbed up all the way to the top of the house and I'm looking down and I could see something poking out of the room and then I heard a fucking witch laugh. Like that, your typical like Halloween witch laugh. Mm-mm. And so, boy, I fucking jumped off that like roof real quick and ran back inside. <laughs> my mom, my grandma, my grandpa, my sister, and mi tia Adriana were mm-hmm. sitting there watching me. And I was like, you guys were in here the whole time? And they were like, yeah. And then they were like, what was that laugh just now? And I was like, bitch. I came inside because I thought the laugh was one of you guys. And so that shit scared the fuck out of me. I never went outside when it was dark again after that, especially in my grandma's front yard, front backyard area. Mm -hmm. So. Wow. And that was a very scary experience. That is upsetting. There was another night where um, my grandma's chickens were very upset. Mm-hmm. And, you know, chickens go to sleep. As soon as the sun goes down, the chickens lay down and roost because they can't see at night. They don't have very good night vision. But it was like maybe 2.30, 3 o'clock a.m. one day. And we could hear the chickens freaking out. We were like, what is that? What is that noise? Mm-hmm. And so my grandma, this was years later after this first first thing had happened. Years later, my grandma um, flipped the lights on because there was a light now. And there was a big ass fucking owl sitting on top of the light. So obviously, like when you look up at the light, you can see the light shining down on you, but you could see something behind it. Like you couldn't exactly see the owl because Mm -hmm. it was behind the light. Yeah. But me being on like up one floor in the house, I could see the owl where my grandma couldn't. And I yelled at my grandma and I was like, Es un búho, es un búho, es una lechuza. And so my grandma was like, she was like, vete a la chingada, blah, 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 and started cursing the fuck out of that owl, and the owl flew away. And we kind of never talked about it after that, but Mm -hmm. I kind of understood that it was a witch. Yeah. Because of the way she kind of sent it away. 
Mm-hmm. If it would the have way been she a, reacted. Yes, how she reacted. I had never seen her react that way. And, you know, like, I would have picked up a rock and thrown it at it or, like, waved at it or, like, got my broom out and started, like, swiping at it for it to fly away. Mm-hmm. But just her reaction just really freaked me out. Very out of character. Your yes. Grandma, my, I do not picture your That grandma, like, that one of my grandmas never curses. So, that was really oh, weird. That's your mom's mom. Yeah, it's my mom's oh, mom. Okay, and okay, so, okay. she was cursing. It was really fucking weird. Ooh. Ma'am um actually i want to share a quick little a little tidbit okay go ahead. um so i never got the full story of this because my grandma was very uncomfortable retelling it and i think she actually started crying but she was sharing a story once about how when she was younger her and i think one of her sisters if not all of her sisters which is a total of like three or four i think they were, they all shared a room when they were younger, but the way that their beds were organized, my grandma's was on the far end, so she could see towards the window, and outside her window was a tree, and she said that one time, she remembers waking up in the middle of the night and seeing, like, an owl perched on that, like, a, a tree branch looking at her. And she said that she tried to, like, wake up and tell her sisters. And she said that she felt like she was screaming, but then nobody could hear her. And I think she said something about, like, the her the owl's eyes were maybe red or something. If not, I'm probably just adding in that accidentally. But I remember she said that she was like, I knew that that was a witch. She never finished the story, unfortunately, because wow. she, like, refused to talk about it. Um, but maybe I'll I'll get it out of her someday. Yeah. That's weird. Okay, and then I also wanted to tell another story. <laughs> but this one's going to be just like a retelling of me from my brain because I couldn't find the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was that this couple had just moved out into the country in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they moved in with, um, they moved right next door to the guy's mom. So it was like the girl's mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they moved in, you know, they're pretty happy. Um, she gets pregnant very soon, very soon after. And she has this neighbor that's always coming over and her mother-in-law is like, don't talk to that lady. That lady's not good. She's evil. Don't talk to her. She's a, she's a witch. People come see her. She does these spells. Anybody that makes her mad, they disappear, they die and all this stuff. And so she was like, this lady is so nice. How are you going to tell me that this lady's doing these things, right? Yeah. Well, that lady was like, hey, I think you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. No, no, And no. so, come to find out, she was pregnant. So, you know, like, during the pregnancy, everything's pretty normal. She's, o- she's over there, always feeding her, all these, like... And, and she was like, this old woman, we had one store in the town where this woman was getting all this meat and all these groceries to come bring to me, I have no idea. Nobody ever came to visit her that she could see. Um, she didn't really have family that came from like the United States and that would come visit her or like from out of town that would come visit her. She very much like lived on her own. Um, so then she starts noticing weird things. So this lady, um, is starting to stay up later and later because the pregnancy is getting kind of hard for her. Mm -hmm. And so she, one night she sees like 
a shadow pass by the window. And I've told you before that the windows in Mexico aren't the same as they are here. They kind of have like the glass and then a screen. And so you'll leave the screen open. Mm-hmm. So like the wind can come in, but it's like screens with like metal bars. So people can't come through them. Yeah. Um. So they're constantly having the screens open. There's no AC at these houses in Mexico. And so she swears she sees somebody walk by her window one night when she's just laying there awake. And so she looks out and she sees her neighbor walking from her house back to her own house. So she was like, was this bitch literally just watching me in bed? And so she goes back into her house and she sees these strange people go into her house with her. And she's like, okay. Um, So as time's going on, she kind of starts distancing herself from her neighbor and she's like, I really don't like, there's something weird about her that I don't like anymore that I never noticed before. And I just really don't like her anymore. And so her neighbor would always be like, hey, what's wrong? Like, you've changed on me. Like, are you listening to the people in this town? Like, I'm not a bad person. Like, blah, 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 all this stuff. And their relationship changes. And so she's very angry with her because she's like, you've listened to all the people in this town instead of listening to how I treated you. And so she eventually has this baby. So mm-hmm. she has this baby and then really weird things start happening to her um, when she is uh, nursing her baby in the middle of the night. She starts seeing her neighbor in the window and when she'll like, look again, she's not there anymore. She starts hearing scratching on the corrugated metal sheets on the roof at night and like she'll hear scratching and she's like, what is that? What is that? So on one of the nights she woke up her husband and she's like, I need you to go outside and look to see what it is. And her husband went out there and he's like, it's a huge fucking owl. That thing is huge. I've never seen an owl that big, but it flew away. Oh no. So he came back in and then that's when things started getting a little more intense. Like it started where, um, she would be feeding her son in a chair and then it was like, she got sleep paralysis like she couldn't move like she could see her son still feeding and she couldn't move her body and she would just be staring at her son and she would be trying to call out to her husband because there was something she thought basically she thought she would be having a stroke or she was having a heart attack like there was something Mm -hmm. medically wrong with her because she couldn't move and she was just moving two seconds before and her husband was like dead to the world would not like he couldn't move either like he couldn't wake up and they would both wake up feeling like they got beat up at night like something was just zapping their energy like they were just getting more and more exhausted so her husband eventually found a really good job and the baby got a little older the baby was not baptized they were planning to baptize a child like Mm -hmm. in the catholic church and stuff and so one day it was probably like a year after still weird things were happening. She had a suspicion that it was a witch. Like after finally going through a year after this, like she's like, there's a witch on my tail. Like she wants my kid. Mm -hmm. So tell me why this lady thinks it's such a smart idea to wash clothes at her mother-in-law's house next door but leave her kid sleeping in his in her bed. Oh no. Yes. Oh no. So what happens is is that there's a commotion. People are like, "What the fuck is that? It's the middle of the day. It's like 3 p.m., 2 p.m. There's like mm-hmm. this huge black bird 
and it was like n- uh, unlike a bird that I had ever seen before. It was like a cross between like a like a turkey and an owl, just like a very strange bird. You know what I think of? What I think of? To anyone that's watched um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, I think of Wan Shi Tong, the the owl spirit that becomes a like the huge owl spirit that um, transforms into an owl dragon. Yeah, that's what I think of. Kind of like that, actually. So, like, this bird, you know, and so people are running around the town looking for this lady, not knowing that she's literally just next door washing clothes back behind her uh, her mother-in-law's house. Mm-hmm. So, they're looking for her, and they're not trying to go in her house because it's, uh, it's not their house. And eventually, they find her, and they're like, hey, your kid has been crying for a really long time, like, hysterically crying. And she's like, I couldn't hear it. I was just next door. So when she comes into the house and comes and sees her kid, her child is dead. Oh my god. He was purple, like he had been suffocated. And Why? there was a little spot on his heel where it looked like something was sucking his blood. Um um uh, uh what? What what do you mean suffocated? Like like he was he blue, was asphyxiated? blue, like he was asphyxiated. Oh my god! Like somebody like choked him, or mm-hmm. he he ran out of too much blood for the blood to deliver the oxygen to his body, and he just turned purple and blue. Mm-hmm. And that lady was never seen again in that town. She disappeared. Oh, no! Oh my god! Fuck! And that happened in Querétaro. <sighs> There's a lot going on. Yes. And so I'm used to, when I hear stories about brujas, it's a lot of stories like that. Stories yeah. where they're trying to feed on kids. Mm-hmm. I've, I've so- seen one. Um, fuck, who's that narrator on YouTube? I think it's Lazy Masquerade. Yeah. He had a special for a while of submitted stories about witches. I remember one time we listened to it on our way home one night and i was like you like this that was the day that i was like wait a second you like this you remember that we were driving back from tulsa mm-hmm. you yep. were there it was the uh and i was like hey i kind of want to i, I kind of want you to listen to this and you were like yeah. wait a minute you fucking like paranormal shit no it wasn't like that but it was more like you liked because to us like i've never li- or known you for liking narrated stories like that yeah so i was like but one of them was about um, a girl that was visiting from the U.S. that visiting her family in some part of Mexico, and that her house looked up towards a hill. And she said that there was supposedly a woman and living in the woods, and her family was like, "Don't go out there." Um, supposedly, there's like wild oranges or something like that in the forest wild oranges something like that like oranges in the forest or whatever maybe i'm thinking the wrong fruit i don't know the wrong fruit happy pride um but i guess in the story she wakes up in the middle of the night and she hears a woman at the top of the hill which was like i guess a distance away but she was far but the girl says that she heard her really closely so she was, she was like, hey, niña, niña. And every time she would get closer. But it looked like she was getting like really, really close to her. 
And she was like, I've brought these oranges for you, Nina. And then the girl was like, uh, I don't want them. And she's like, are you sure? Just Girl, come on outside. Like, I'm sleeping. What are you talking about? I'm sleeping. Yeah. She was like, come on, come outside. I'll give you these oranges or something like that. And basically the girl was like, no. And she was like, she felt like something was off. So she, and I don't know if she maybe like ran to her parents' room or something and just stayed the night there. And then the next morning, she, the lady was gone. Yeah. And they were like, well, good thing. Like when she told her parents, she's like, good thing you didn't go outside because we don't know if you would have survived ever come back yeah so usually how i've heard that people fight these witches like when they're trying to steal their children mm-hmm. is that um, like i mentioned before they'll take scissors like regular house scissors and you'll open them to the form of a cross and put them under a bed and that's how you'll Period. keep them away we're being extra catholic so we're now being you know. extra catholic this week but i don't understand why scissors it's probably the easiest thing to accommodate to fit the cross i guess but it was just very specific like also a lot of scissors a lot of things also symbolize specific actions scissors can also mean that you're severing the tie that the witch may have already established with the baby oh you know what i didn't think of that that's very smart i'm so smart yeah i made that up okay so for right now, this is my one story and my second story of witches, and I will be back with more. Ooh, a two-parter. Okay. Wow, that was good. Maybe not a two-parter, but maybe I'll be like at the end of the episode, an I'll anthology. be like, okay, I have an episode. I have a story of a witch now, so we'll ooh, tell the story. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So it'll be like an extra little, little, little piece every little, once in a while. A little sampler. Yeah. Speaking of sampler. Let's segue on to our palate cleanser. Palate cleanser. Ooh, that was so good. Oh, my God. That was, that was good. Anyway, um, so happy Pride Month again. Happy Pride. Let's try to liven the mood a little, okay? Because that was heavy shit. Extra, class, uh, extra, <laughs> extra Catholic during Pride Month. Who would have thought? Um, so I wanted to make one correction on a family story that I mentioned in the last episode. Oh, I was going to just or maybe tell two you episodes that. ago. Yeah. So my mom, um, I talked to her the other day and she was saying like, you mentioned about the, the black charro. And she's like, that story that you said, that supposedly was my grandpa that met the devil. She's like, that never happened. I was like, girl, shut up. Boom roasted. <laughs> Boom roasted. She said that. Um, but she basically said that, the story it's true that her grandpa died supposedly from un susto which is like a scare a scare but it it was the story was that my grand or her grandpa and her grandma were in some part in aguascalientes out in the country out in the country yeehaw and there was like a trench that runs along the side of the road and late at night, when they were coming home, they heard crying, like a baby crying. So they looked down in the trench, and there's just a baby. So they're like, oh my god. And I guess he didn't have a really good paint job, so, you know, money was tight. So he's like, well, we can't leave the baby. So we could just take him in and help him as best as we can. So they took the baby into their house, and they're like, well, he's probably hungry. So, I mean, they're like, well, what does he eat? What do we have here that he can eat? And I guess they had the back towards the baby. They had their backs towards the baby. And the baby responds, yo como de todo. Which it means, like, I'll eat 
anything or I'll eat everything. And when he smiled, the baby had like razor sharp teeth. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> Hell no. And that is just the family heirloom that's been passed it's supposedly down to how your grandpa died. Yup, he was scared so much because of that baby. Okay, but going back to my story that I even mentioned, I think that was a story that my grandma told me that her dad experienced, which would make more sense in the time period. El Charo Negro? Yes. Uh-huh. So, because she's, her family is from uh, Los Altos de Jalisco. So, Jalisco. As opposed to my grand, or my mom's side, which is from Aguascalientes. Gotcha. Um, my my mom's grandparents would have actually been the ones that emigrated from from La France. So, they wouldn't even oh. spoke, they wouldn't even speak Spanish. He wouldn't have said, Ay Dios mío. He would have said, oh, mon Dieu. <laughs> You're so annoying. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, back to another palate cleanser. Um, character customization in games. What's up with that? Okay. So, recently, as you guys may know, or you guys in the know in my personal life, the Mass Effect trilogy came out. And if you guys don't like video games, then you guys are like, what the fuck are you talking about? But basically, it's a video game that was released in like early 2000s and they remastered it recently and i've been playing that now that i'm for a month for literally a month okay it's three games all three it's a trilogy it was so good all the time but in the game you can customize your character and every time every i play a game that's like a customizable character i always try to make the character look like me Oh my god, and I fail every time. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what do I even look like? That's why I always ask you to help me. Um, and then you would bully me and say, I'm in the middle of a fucking gameplay, and you're like, ew, your character's ugly. <laughs> he is so ugly. It was so hard. It's so difficult. His eyes were too poked out. His Sometimes, lips were like yeah. weird duck lips. It was always something off. There was always something off. If it wasn't the hairline, it was the ears. If it was the, not the ears, it, it was, was the, the lips. Eyes, or the and eyes. the lips. And the head. And the Yo. skin tone. Or something was just off. Oh my god. One time, I was like, what color am I? I'm a beautiful... Oh my god, I remember that. You made him, like, really dark. No, I made Not him that there's anything light. wrong with no, that, I but I was him, just like, what is this? I made him a weird light pigment where he looked sick. Me, all the time. So, and I didn't, the rest of his face didn't really match up, so I was like, dude, my character looks sick. And I was like, what? I'm a beautiful hazelnut color. I'm a beautiful dark caramel. Hazelnut. Actually, I'm a little white. That's my European side. I got a tan going on right now because of all the hiking and all the walking. So, yeah, this is very stressful. It's so stressful customizing characters. Anyway, enough of my rant. Um, but speaking of hiking, we recently went... Um, hiking? Hiking. What? We went to the Parallel Forest. Yep. And we posted it on the... Um, Skespooky um, Instagram. On the Instagram story. But because we didn't have really good... In- um signal signal? there's like no signal out there we couldn't really talk about it besides the little that i got that i picked up with you explaining it yes so what it was is there uh oklahoma is very prone to having dust bowls and what that is is because this state is like a plane the wind kicks up a lot of red dirt 
So then there's like haze, like really hazy red dirt everywhere. And it's Mm -hmm. just really bad. It's like bad for the crops, bad for the animals. So they decided to test out if they could control um, the occurrence of dust bowls if they planted trees. I think it's like 10 feet, 10 feet in every direction. So literally when you're in this forest and you turn around, all the trees are parallel to each other, whatever direction you face. But people have kind of ran with it and taken away with it, like, and kind of have given this forest, like, a very paranormal type of feel. And so there'll be a lot of people that go do satanic rituals there. Or they'll do witchcraft. Or they'll have animal sacrifices there. Or just very, just odd things. There have been a couple times where um, I've gone hiking and then I just stopped by to look at... It's the middle of the day. There's always a bunch of people there. But um, there'll be, like symbols spray painted on the trees and like shapes and stuff so it's always very just strange going out there i mean i'd understand if it was like naturally grown like that but those trees were intentionally planted there there's nothing supernatural going on there's not wow people have just taken a rain with it yeah um also speaking of hiking i remember i think i mentioned about the the before we should start taking before and after pictures of our hikes because every time we always start so fresh so clean and then after a hike i look fucking busted it was fucking hot yesterday yeah what it was, was like, it like 90 a, degrees 95 degrees or something yeah it wasn't that bad early in the morning but then when it started getting later it was like really hot really really hot I really want to travel to other places. And actually, now that we're going to Illinois uh, at the end of this month, I really want to go to Star Rock. I'd be down to hike. If you guys like going outside or whatever. I don't know. Um, Star Rock in Illinois. I've been there a few times. It's like a nature preserve, but it's a very good place if you guys are interested in hiking. But speaking of traveling, I'm going to sort of segue over to my um, my other topic, um, one of friend of the podcast, our friend Bobby, he um, sent me a picture. I don't know if I told you, or maybe it was a link. It was a link to a Facebook event um, about a haunted prison in Missouri. But I think he's I I did saw the message like two days before the actual event, and I was like, shoot! But I really do want to go to like some thing like that, like a haunted. Oh, I'm down. I'm maybe, so I mean, I don't know, maybe not a haunted prison, but or maybe I don't know. I want to um, stay at the Skirvin. I really do want to stay at the Skirvin. Well, no, I don't. I don't mean like that, but like a like a guided tour, uh, where, where like in a haunted location. I want to go to a place and meet a gay ghost, and gay then ghost. be the first one to to be able to put it so that when you Google gay ghost, and it's like article by Andres Blanco, and be like, that not, was me, not clickbait. I discovered the first gay ghost. Gay, gay, gay. Um, but yeah, I really. I think that'd be a fun idea. And also the um the Queen Mary. I've always wanted to go to see the Do you Queen know Mary. I've been there? No, you didn't. I haven't been in the Queen Mary, yeah, but I was in been there. I was in Orange County. I saw it. Oh, you were? Yes. You were in Orange County. Yeah, and you know what? Actually, I just got a notification a couple days ago of like you know, memories on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I was in California six years ago, like this week. Mm, oh yeah <gasps> what yep it's been it was in 2014 it's been a long time yep oh my god that was the year i was homeless 
Yeah. <laughs> great memories. Great memories. Moving on. What's your next palate cleanser or are you starting your story? Because we're getting we're we're eating up time today. Um I think that is all. There's still a few topics, but I can save it for a later episode. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Because I'm really, I really want to know. I saw, I kind of saw what your story's about, and I heard what you were listening to, and like that shit was just, it sounded like it was schlapping. Okay, so initially I had trouble finding a topic for this, and I feel like it's every month. I'm always having trouble finding a topic that I want to talk about. But you always have trouble topping. It was like last month was good. Yeah. What do I do this like, month? Oh, so it's not like I gotta keep it going. We never want to have going. like a bad episode, especially in our beginning episodes. I was I'm like I listen to them sometimes afterwards, and I'm like, oh yeah, this this episode just wasn't it. This was not it. I mean, we're always we're always open to suggestions. So if you guys. If you all want to give us any suggestions, you oh, guys are always welcome oh, to. Oh, yeah. Specifically, like, we have some uh, Guatemalan followers and stuff like that, and the Honduran ones. If you guys know, like, urban legends or scary local stories, you can always send them to us, and we can do research, yeah. so we can talk about them. It's just really hard to, like, when you always, like, Google search scary things in Latin America, it's always, like, the top ten, like, the most known things. And it's, like, sometimes not- the best ones are the ones that aren't popular, the local ones or the ones that have never been translated. So, I mean, if you, I mean, we're not really familiar with, um, I mean, we're most familiar with urban legends from Mexico. Yes. So we're always open to any recommendations. We don't, we don't discriminate here. Ooh, or when Mel is telling me things that happen on the Navajo reservation, I'm like, damn girl, I'm these like, stories yeah, are, yeah, keep it going. Ooh, good. They're not, they're never long enough to be like their standalone episode. But the stories are definitely good that she tells me. We are always open to a, maybe a compilation, which is kind of like what my story is. I mean, it has an overall theme, but let me just get into it. Okay. Okay. So my topic this month. Okay. I'm ready. Is the paranormal activity uh-huh. in the Mexico City Metro. Oh, yeah. No, fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. As someone who's been in the Metro... It is stressful. There's a lot going on. A lot of bumping into people. I was, um, <laughs> I remember when I was on, I don't know what, what we were doing, but I think we were going to uh, El Parque de Chapultepec, which is like a, a huge, huge park in the middle of Mexico City. Uh-huh. In the middle of it, actually is El Castillo de Chapultepec, which is like a huge castle that the first emperor of Mexico, uh, first and only, actually, um, lived in. Cusco? Shoot. Who? Cusco? No, it's uh, Maximiliano. El Emperador Maximiliano. He was actually from France. I wish it was Cusco. Okay. Um, So, some of my sources... Uh, Chilango.com article by Abigail Camarillo. Um, MX City Guia Insider article by Carlos Cid. Medio Tiempo article by Omar Cordero. Cultura Colectiva article by Abril Palomino. Fútbol y Más article by Cesar Contreras. Wikipedia. Uh, two YouTube videos by Proyecto Paranormal. A YouTube video by Zona del Miedo. And a YouTube video by Relatos de la Noche. Relatos de la Noche is a good YouTube video if you guys like, um, like, retellings. 
like narrated retellings in Spanish. Uh, I fucking love listening to those at work. I just, and this the is all I, I do. The thing I like about them is that they're not like other channels where they have like jump scares. Usually when like with other channels, they're like talking about something. And then like when, when it, when they like introduce like a ghost or something, they like jump scare like a picture of, of something scary. And or I'm, a like, noise or something. Yeah. And it's like, Relatos de la Noche does not do that. So we love that for them. Um, Ciudad de México Metro. So it first opened on the 4th of, 4th of September in 1969, and it is made up of 195 stations and 12 lines. Um, it is um, it extends up to 226.49 kilometers, and it is used by nearly 4.5 million people each day. It is the second largest metro station shake shake in north america oh my God. why was i just thinking of that too <laughs> um it yeah second largest metro station in north america after the new york city subway system um it actually survived the 1985 mexico city earthquake which was a 8.1 on the richter scale that i mentioned in the first episode with mothman so throwback um over 2000 arc wait over 20,000 archaeological findings from various time periods of indigenous peoples have been discovered in the metro system's construction. Some examples of the findings are parts of pyramids, giant sculptures of ancient Mesoamerican deities, the remains of a mammoth, and a mummified 11,000-year-old man's brain. Wow. The brain was 11,000 years, not the man. Didn't they recently just find a pyramid like downtown like Mexico City? I, they always do the thing is that's so like that's almost so strange to me because it's like there's so many fucking buildings everywhere and they're still finding yeah. like these things well, under the buildings because it was intentional when the they city covered started, up this history on yes, purpose like the, the el templo mayor in uh, it's an area like a huge city square called el zocalo and next to it they put the constitutional hall where the constitution of the nation was signed and then to the right and no, to the left was a um a huge cathedral but that cathedral was actually built over el templo mayor el templo mayor to the mexica was with where uh blood sacrifices were performed man all these fucking colonizers colonizing these areas and i don't know why like i still think about it how i was at the socalo multiple times me and my cousin were just walking back and forth trying to find a fucking subway entrance. And I was like, why didn't I know that El Templo Mayor was, like, right there? Because we walked by that cathedral numerous times. Is it, so that church is still there? Yeah. So I think El Templo Mayor is really haunted. Yes, it's considered one of the most haunted places in the Mexico City area. And I was actually thinking about doing it for a future episode, so I won't talk much about it. Oh my god, it. when we go to Mexico City, I want to go there so bad. Yup. Yup. Okay, so... I will be talking about specifically 10 stations and one line. Okay. Okay. So we're going to go no particular order. This is just the order that I found the information in. So the Portales station on the blue line or line two. Um, so there's a total of 12 lines, like I mentioned. And all of them have a number associated with them and a color. So the blue line is line two. At the Portales station, it is considered one of the most paranormally active zones due to the high amounts of suicides completed at this station. Um, people have reported at night to feel like someone is watching them from the station when the train passes through the area. 
So they feel like someone is watching them from the platform, even though the platform is empty. There are actually videos on YouTube, and I obviously do not recommend them, of people jumping onto the tracks. And even then, there's like security footage of what looks like people jumping onto the tracks. And there's nobody actually there. But there's nobody there. Um, The Copilco station on the Olive Green line, which is line three, has the second highest number of completed suicides. Um, Supposedly, people claim to hear a woman whispering during late night rides. So like if you're by yourself... Supposedly you hear a woman whispering and I guess it gets closer to you as time goes by. Uh, One personal encounter tells of a guy riding the metro around midnight on his way back home. The cab had two other guys at the time and they all heard and reacted to a whispering woman. The two other guys turned to each other and agreed to get off on the next stop and take a taxi to their destination instead. So the guy was left alone and no one else got on. Due to exhaustion, he closed his eyes, and after a few minutes, he felt the presence of someone sit next to him. Out of fear, he didn't open his eyes, but he felt the presence get closer to him, up to his ear, and whisper, No me dejes caer, or don't let me fall. The man began to cry and didn't open his eyes until the next stop, where he opened his eyes and confirmed that no one else was in the cab with him. Um, The Tlatelolco station on the Olive Green Line, which is line 3 again. So... There are some historical contexts that I need to provide to some of these lines to explain the paranormal activity. So, and this can be its own episode, okay? Because <laughs> it's <laughs> it's extreme. And I was I was just at the top of the iceberg for this type of story, okay? So, historical context. In 1968, a student-led protest called the Mexican Movement of 1968, or in Spanish, El Movimiento Estudiantil, Uh, It propped up across Mexico City in protests of large amounts of fundings that the federal government had pulled from social programs to instead fund facilities for the Olympics that had to be held in the city that same year. So a lot of students, especially in the Mexico City area, tend to protest. There are numerous recorded instances where they clash with Police. police. Yes. And even when I was in Mexico City, my cousin was very very adamant very stern to say if you see any student protests come out of the subway or get near you walk away because it can turn violent and not because of the protesters because of the police but because of the police because they ain't shit so on the 2nd of october 1968 10 days before the olympic opening ceremony the protest um began at the plaza de las tres culturas Uh, in the Tlatelolco area of the city. According to government and media at the time, protesters began provoking the armed forces that were called to protect the area, which resulted in the armed forces opening fire on unarmed civilians and killing an alleged uh, 44 individuals. However, government documents that were made public in 2000 suggest that snipers had actually been preemptively employed to uh, to attend the protest by government officials. According to eyewitnesses, many of the students ran to the nearby metro station where some of the armed forces cornered them and opened fire. According to those eyewitnesses that were there on that day, the actual death toll ranged from 300 to 400 dead. Due to this, many people still report the sound of muffled gunfire, screaming, and running on the tiled floor at night in that that metro station. What the fuck? 
Yeah. So, uh, heavy shit. Okay, next station is Pantheones. The Pantheones station on the blue line. So, line two. Why is it called Pantheones? Well, I'm so glad you... Because <laughs> Pantheones means cemetery in Yes. Cemetery in Pantheones means cemeteries. So, as the name suggests, the area is actually surrounded by cemeteries of different religions. Or some of the most ancient cemeteries in the city. Since they go back to pre-Columbian times. Uh-huh. The train actually travels directly under the cemeteries oh that's weird yeah that is so weird (sighs) which makes me there's dead bodies above me so because of it it's not a station with high traffic obviously people only go for the specific you know i say that but there are like buildings in japan that have the cemeteries on the top floor Mm -hmm. so that's kind of normal in japan it's something about being underneath people that have been laid to rest that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. So, and I think I went under this line. <laughs> so because of that, like I mentioned, it's not a station with high traffic, but people passing through have reported to see people board the train dust, uh, dressed in antiquated period clothing. Where are they going? People boarding, I don't know. People boarding the train in fucking period clothing 18th century clothing they're going to a play they're like all right also this yeah except probably not because they're mexican and well they're in spanish a spanish british british accent no it would just be a spanish accent oh anyways they really took the midnight train going anywhere so the next station how long have you been saving that joke (laughs) that was bad (laughs) Shut up. But they really did. Where are they going? Where are they going? Maybe they're like, you know, I've been dead for so many centuries. Let me just get out and see the world. I never saw it when I was alive. Let me see it while I'm dead. Okay. So the next station is the Barranca del Muerto. Um, it is on the orange line or line seven. So this Why translates is it called to... That? Hold on. Uh, okay. It translates to Dead Canyon or Canyon of the Dead. It makes so... me feel uneasy. Well, this station is known for having long flights of stairs that descend deep into the station. This is due to the fact that the entire Orange Line runs along the ancient lake zone that makes up the Mexico City metro area. So it's a huge under- underground tunnel. It's actually one of the deepest stations. I want to go. Um, so for historical context, before the station, it was once a huge depression or ravine used during the Mexican Revolution in the early 1900s by revolutionary soldiers to drop off corpses. Oh, hell no. What the fuck are they doing with yeah. this metro lines? So today, the symbol of the station is two vultures or eagles representing the scavenger birds that flew above the ravine during revolutionary times. Wow. Because of the corpses. So there's a local legend stating that you're never supposed to fall asleep at the station, especially at night, due to a supposed immortal vampire that lives somewhere deep in the... And this is what the video that I was watching... No, it was an article that I was reading. They described it as the entrails of the station. So I threw that in there. Uh, so it supposedly lives deep in the entrails of the station who occasionally awakes and kidnaps and eats any unsuspecting sleeping person. 
Legend has it that a man fell asleep in the metro cab in the orange line and ended up at the station with the lights shut off. As he tried to find a way out, he turned to witness a humanoid figure with sharp teeth and nails biting into the neck of a man. The man fainted in shock, but woke up in the hospital the next morning. He retold his story to anyone that would listen, but no one believed him. One reported case tells about a uh, about a homeless man of 1.9 meters in height, which I guess was about six foot two, was found with two huge puncture wounds on his neck found in the tunnels near the station. Are you okay? This sounds like a horror movie. Yup. Okay. I want to go. It keeps getting worse. <laughs> I want to go so bad. This reminds me of one of those movies, you know, like when you're watching and they're like, oh, we're going to go ghost hunting. And then they're like, oh, we have to wait till the train passes and they go on the tracks and they actually go into the train line. Mm, no. I've seen like, a, I feel like I've seen movies like that before. And mm-hmm. there's like weird mutants and monsters and stuff in the subway lines. And is yeah, this is what I feel like this is. Mm, okay. The Ninja Turtles. No. Okay. The next station is Terminal Aérea. It's the on the yellow line, so it's line 5. A local legend says that a young girl appears next to passengers waiting at the station at night. She'll tug on their pants and ask to play catch with a ball in her hand. She'll suddenly throw the ball at the individual. If they don't catch it in time, the ball bounces down to the train tracks. But when they look down at the ball, it will actually be the same young girl's decapitated head. Horrifyingly, when the person turns back to the girl, she'll be gone. Well, in the opposite, I guess, people that have caught the ball look down and it's the girl's head. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with this little girl? She be playing too much. Somebody I don't come know. whoop her ass. So another version of the story tells that a young girl will approach someone and ask them ask to help her tie her shoes. But when the person agrees and kneels down to do it, they realize that the girl doesn't have legs and is instead floating and then disappears. Oh, my favorite favorite form of transportation. Levitating? Yes. It is a money saver. It's very hard to listen to your story with our son eating his asshole right next to you. Leo! Stop! Leo! He said, I'm sorry, this was delicious. This restaurant is so good. He said, I'll have the appetizer. My little toe beans. He's eating his toe jam. Okay, next station is the Pino Suarez station on the intersection of the blue line and the pink line, which is line two and line one. It is rumored that sometime in the past decade when the metro closed for the night, a metro worker in charge of checking that everything was in order on the tracks found another supposed worker doing the same thing. So, the worker was surprised because he knew everyone that worked that shift and claimed that this guy was definitely not one of them. When he, the man pressed the other guy on questions only Mithra employees would know, the mysterious man answered all of them correctly. So, still not believing him, the worker went to report it to his supervisor. After li- listening to the man's description, the supervisor, in shock, showed the worker photos of the mysterious man, saying that he used to work there before dying a few years ago on the job, when a metro cab malfunctioned and ran the man over. Workers still report to see this mysterious worker making his rounds at the same hour every night. And can you imagine dying and still having to work? I That's what I was just going to say. I'm like, they better be fucking paying me for overtime. This if I'm, is overtime. Like, after death and I'm still working. <laughs> after life, 
um, overtime. Mm. Yep. It's kind of like how I mentioned at the last episode. Like, I should be getting paid overtime to dream that I'm at work. Jeez. It's capitalism. Capitalism is like a poison. It's permeated afterlife. (laughs) And actually, I think this is a true story because there has been a reported... I didn't write his name down. I'm so sorry. But there was a reported uh, worker that died because of the malfunctioning cab that ran him over. And people have reported to see him at that station. So the next station is the Merced station on the pink line or line one. So a local urban legend tells that one day during rush hour of two in the afternoon, a man in the metro platform began dripping blood from the lower parts of his raincoat. When he was stopped by the police to be investigated, they discovered severed women's hands in his pockets. Yes. Is this real? I don't know. It's probably just an urban legend, like I said. <gasps> I couldn't find any like news articles. It was all like urban legends. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's 100% factual. You know, it's probably something people say to scare kids. The next station is Takubaya Station at the intersection of the pink line, which is line one, the orange line, line seven, and the brown line, which is line 12. So at late hours of the night, human screaming can be heard coming from deep in the metro tracks. This has caused numerous metro stations and police officers to be called to investigate only to hear the screaming closer to them and cause them to sprint out of the tunnels. And nobody knows where it's coming from. It's all those fucking dead bodies down there. Dead bodies, dead bodies. The next station. It's like the catacombs in Ooh, Paris, actually, except this the is, subway train. This is the last station, and then we're going to talk about one line in particular. So this is the Consulado station at the intersection of the Aqua Blue line, which is line four, and the Yellow line, which is line five. At this, uh, So this station has multiple reported apparitions of a small boy at late hours of the night. Some workers are reported to have heard the boy crying around 3 a.m. When workers or police officers are tasked to help find the boy, he is never found, although he can be heard crying in the distance. This was caught on camera and posted on the YouTube uh, YouTube channel Zona del Miedo but, uh, with audible sound of a young boy crying and saying papi as, and footsteps can be heard running away. So at this station, it's been reported that a couple, like a man and a woman, appear in the met, uh, the metro tunnel, something not possible since passengers are only restricted to the pla- uh, station platforms. It's said that both individuals have blank stares, and as they exited the, the tunnels, the man disappears, but the woman keeps walking. Okay, so this one is long. So this is La Mujer Sonriente on the Pink Line. The smiling woman on the pink line. Or line one. This sounds foreboding. Yeah. Let me tell you. like... This... I usually don't get scared with things because I can't feel nothing because I need therapy. But the other day when I was researching this... Hold on. So, like I said, I usually don't get scared. But reading or, like, listening to some of these personal stories was very unsettling. Um... So there have been numerous reported sightings of La Mujer Sonriente, or the smiling woman, seen riding on the pink line, so not at any specific station. This mysterious woman is said to appear to people traveling in train cabs by themselves, 
only for the woman to appear out of nowhere on the other side of the cab. She's described to be very well-dressed, wearing a beautiful skirt and expensive jewelry and having a big grin and bright blue eyes, which she has completely fixated on one person at all times. The guy, uh, A guy that once witnessed a woman claims that her eyes were dull, almost like the eyes of a corpse. So, one man retold his story, um, and it was narrated by Relatos de la Noche on YouTube. So I translated a lot of it, but it was really long, actually, and I had to... How do I say? Paraphrase? Paraphrase and condense. So this occurred in 2010. The man had just recently moved to Mexico City. He never mentioned where he's from. Um, After living there for a few months, one of his friends who he had a crush on visited him for a weekend. Her return flight was on Monday at 2 a.m. They spent Sunday at the Feria del Chapultepec, which is an amusement park located in the downtown area in the Chapultepec Park that I mentioned earlier. They thought... They initially thought they would walk to it from the park's entrance, but after some time, they realized the park's massive size and took the metro instead. They spent the whole day there, way past the time that the amusement park rides had been closed. They ended up finishing up what they were eating near the exit of the amusement park, but one of the park employees approached them and said, You can't be here anymore. You wouldn't like to stay here, in fact. They uh, bought a drink and walked around the park and found some event going on, so they sat nearby to spend the time. Their friend had brought her backpack that they had, that she had bought for the weekend, so there wouldn't be a need to go back to the guy's apartment for anything. So they decided to just kind of wait out the night until her flight. So they spent hours talking and catching up, and by the time they realized it, it was already 11 p.m., so they started to head out to the airport. They're like, might as well, because they were on like, the opposite side of the city. So the trip to the airport isn't the easiest because you have to get on certain lines and you have to stop and get off a certain spot. And then it's a it's a transit. So they headed towards the Constituyentes metro station um, for the orange line to connect to Tacubaya to Observatorio on the pink line, which is the oldest metro line on the city. The pink line. They take the entire part, uh, pink line crossing the city to end at Patitlan Station, then two more stops at other stations, and then they'll finally arrive at the airport. So, since they both weren't too familiar with the area, a couple helped them at the Takubaya Station. Something that they both noticed is that the station seemed abnormally desolate. Only two other young boys were at the platform to head to Patitlan Station, uh, waiting at the last metro cab, while the guy and the girl waited at the front for the first cab. So they were on opposite sides. Mm-hmm. So the cab they entered was empty, and as soon as they got on, the guy felt goosebumps, to which the girl says she had felt it too. They brushed it off as just feeling uneasy after seeing clowns at the amusement park. I see clowns every day, baby. Oh, God. Clowns make me uneasy. <laughs> Fuck Ronald McDonald. So, Fuck Wendy. She's not even a clown. I don't like her. When you do clownery, the clown comes back to bite. Uh, so they had an anxious feeling the entire ride, and with each passing minute, they felt um, the feeling was intensified, as if something was about to happen. The guy turned to the far end of the cab and noticed a woman smiling forcefully towards the pair with a blank stare. The guy felt uneasy and just looked down at his feet. The girl turned to the woman and managed to say, Buenas noches, like, good evening, to the woman, but the woman didn't respond. So she turned to him and she's like, 
dude, what's up with the what's up with her? Uh, they arrived at the next stop, Juanacatlan, and the woman slowly got up and left. Since the woman wore a long skirt or dress, they were unable to see the movement of her feet under it, out of, um, out of the peripheral, to which only made the guy feel more uneasy. When the cab's door closed, the pair let out a nervous laugh out of relief, but at the next stop, Chapultepec, they stopped laughing when they noticed the same woman enter the cab at the far end again. This lady's teleporting. She got off on one station and showed up in the next one. And let me tell you, those stations are not close. She ran. She sprinted. She's like, oh my god. Oh my god. Gotta stay in character. That was the, that's the screaming in the tunnels. It was her running. <laughs> it was her running. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, ah, gotta run faster. Ah, She's still screaming. So when they got up at the next stop, Sevilla, the woman did too. They all froze. The guy held the gu- the girl's hand and squeezed it, asking her to sit back down. Um, the guy at this point thinks that this woman is just pranking them and wanting to scare the two of them. So the woman sits back down, now closer to the couple. They arrive at the next station, Insurgentes. An older woman and a group of young people get on the same cab. There were still 14 stations left to get to their stop. With each passing station, the crowd in the cab was fewer. The woman had her head down as if trying to hide her smile, but still never breaking sight of the couple in front of her. Eventually, it was only the smiling woman, the couple, and the older woman left in the cab. But the guy didn't want to change cabs and leave the older woman, and there was no way of asking her to go with them, so the girl stopped insisting on the change. Does that make sense? They would have felt bad if they had left if they the left woman. That girl with her. Mm-hmm. If they so, left that old lady with that woman. Yes. So with each passing station, the smiling woman only got closer and closer to Hell the couple. No. The older woman got up and got off on the Balbuena station. And as she exited the cab, she turned back to the couple with a horrified expression. As if she was guilty for leaving. As if she knew what was going on. And as if she had betrayed them. I have goosebumps. Oh my god. At the last second, the couple ran out of the cab and onto the next one to it, uh, where it was more populated. They turned around to the cab they were in, and the smiling woman was now standing in the middle of the cab, near where the couple had been sitting. They were able to make it to the stop and to the airport with no further incident. The guy claims it it was to be a few months after that he would be able to take the pink line again, but never that late at night. The couple eventually got together officially and moved to San uh, San Jose del Cabo, Baja California Sur, but they've never spoken about the smiling woman on the metro that night, and they are living co- uh, comfortably in a city that doesn't have a metro system at all. Good for them. Fuck that. I would not want to live in a city with the metro after that either. <laughs> so that was just one personal encounter with the woman. There are numerous numerous on youtube um some specifically narrated by relatos de la noche and i think i'm gonna make you listen to one that i wanted to watch but i was so not scared. tonight not why tonight. What? Mm. what what's wrong with tonight uh, first of all it's almost midnight and we have to work tomorrow so and i'm not trying to be awake all night with being scared let's do it okay maybe, so okay, yeah maybe yeah we can we can listen that was my story that was good Thank you. Oh my that god. That was really good. We that both was... did paranormal today. The last time yeah. we I think 
Was it last time we both did? Last episode we did paranormal stuff. The episode before that we did true crime. True crime, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot when I tell you. You can literally look up La Mujer Sonriente. You'll find videos of personal tellings. Because I guess it's a common thing. And like I said, like the pink line is the oldest metro line in the whole city. So who knows what happened to have this woman's spirit trapped there. Wow. Or maybe she's not even, she wasn't even human to begin with. I don't know what that is. I'm going to show you a thumbnail of the video I watched with her. <gasps> that was scary. It was scary. I'm That's scared. probably what made me uncomfortable. And even right now, I, f- I still feel, I still feel after chills, the little after goosebumps. Do you have anything else you would like to say? Anything no it's uh getting very hot out there wear sunscreen drink plenty of water be safe have your cell phone on you don't go outside barefoot because you're going to burn your feet on a manhole that's very specific but yes i believe necessary advice yes um and happy pride month we Again. can't say that enough i mean i feel like we've been very happy pride month we've been very playful about it but at the same time like as for me, as for a bisexual Latino man, it is very comforting to know that there are more people like me. Yes, very much so. So, to anyone struggling with their sexuality, we love you. To anyone accepting of their sexuality, we love you. You know, more, most importantly, we love you and our cats love you period that's what's important that's what's important to anyone that has questioned their gender we love you it's not just about sexuality it's about gender expression too this is kind of off topic and i i think maybe i mentioned this before but i've told you this that suppose i don't know i don't know how true this is but people that don't like cats are people that have problems with respecting boundaries yikes so if somebody doesn't like cats, you have problems respecting boundaries. All the dog people in the podcast are like, oh, fuck this. And they just shut us <laughs> off. How cats dare you only like to be loved on their terms. Yep. That's why I, me and Leo, we're, we're like roommates at this point. I don't acknowledge him and he, until he talks to me. And he only ever talks to me when he needs something or when he wants ham. They do like that ham. So anyway, along or, with that. If, Pork rinds. if you or your family or your loved ones haven't accepted your sexuality or your gender expression, we're your family now. Yep. Any wrapping up loose ends you want to? Nope. I don't. I can't on? read the thing. So. Have a very safe Pride Month, everyone. Wear your mask if you feel uncomfortable. Vaccinate. Get, uh, get vaccinated. I was going to say vaccinate yourself, but I'm like, unless you're licensed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, vaccinate yourself. You know, Say, you know. no, I want to do this myself. You're like, Take no. the shot <laughs> and give it to yourself. <laughs> you're like, it's fine. I can do it. <laughs> I'm independent. Just say that. <laughs> Just take it from them. Be like, I'm a little independent. I don't want you to sneak the magnet into my arm. Oh, the, it's the it's a tracking chip. Oh, the tracking, not our cell phone that tracks us. Oh my us god! Any, do you the tracking chip on you, our arm? Um, there's been what's her name? Fuck. There's a TikToker that 
posted a video of her saying like <laughs> be her being questioned supposedly like are you gonna take the vaccine and she's like no and she's like are you aware that you will be killed and she's like she starts crying and she's like yes and there's like this christian music behind her and then supposedly like the scene changes and then she, she like put makeup on her to make it look like she was beaten up or something and I'm like, is she? I don't want to talk okay? about this because these people want to be oppressed so bad. They make up like scenes and make like they, little like, movies about being oppressed. They're like, wow, it. I've never been oppressed in my life, but this is what it would be like if I was oppressed. It's like being oppressed Role is not play. fun. Why the fuck would you want to be oppressed? LARPing. LARPing oppression. Uh, it's just really sad that they don't understand what we go through. So they have to like make up these fake situations literally they fantasize these people in their heads and they get mad about it i'm like who did you whose fault is that that and that actually that tiktok is very old yeah i think it was beginning of the pandemic old people use screenshots of it (laughs) oh my god it's like like, a mess it's like chip inserted (laughs) she's just like So there's this other lady. You gotta that wiggle it a little bit. She stitched this lady that's like sticking stuff on her. She's like, after I got the vaccine, I'm magnetic. And she's sticking stuff on herself. <laughs> and a nurse stitched it. And she's like, quarters are not magnetic. And she holds up a magnet and she's like, there's no metal in this that's no. magnetic. Spoons, not magnetic. And then she's like, doing it. She's doing all these metals that this lady put on herself were not magnetic at all whatsoever or don't mm-hmm. react to magnets. Mm-hmm. And the nurse was like, you're just sticky. Take a shower. Girl. You're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, man, she really Literally just called her only... out. But really, that lady looked like she just smelled like hot dog water. She mm. smelled like she looked like she smelled like hot dog water. It's a very specific scent. Yes. Um, I remember falling into... A girl at a at concert, a Panic at the Disco concert that smelled very much like that, and yeah. that's for me, someone that has trouble smelling, yeah. not because of COVID. This was even before that. Yeah. Um, I I smelled it, I smelled it, back of her neck, very hot dog water, very hot doggy, hot doggy. <laughs> oh God. Um, but that's that's weird. It's weird how the only three elements that are reactive to magnets are iron, cobalt, and nickel, and somehow. If you were to say that to that woman, she'd be like, well, that's your opinion. Oh, mess. <laughs> let's, let's close this out because we're about to get into an argument. Anyway, this is already long happy, enough. Happy Pride Month. Love yourself this month. We love you. Love someone else this month. Love your cats. Love your dogs. Love your cats. You know what? Treat yourself this month. Treat yourself. That's what take we... This, take this right here as a message Buy that thing that you've been yep. wanting to buy. Yup. Buy Do those it. shorts. Just buy it for yourself. Buy Do those, it. Buy those nice shorts that you've had in your cart for the past three weeks. I think you deserve it. Put it on your credit card. Anyways, let's close <laughs> out. So thanks for listening. Uh, please follow us on Instagram at Podcast and on Twitter at Pod. Also, like we mentioned earlier, email us any story suggestions or your own scary stories at Podcast at gmail.com. About that, too, I think we have enough to release a listener's episode of just listener stories. Let's fucking do it. 
Well, we're not going to record it today because I'm tired. Let's fucking do it. But special thanks to Taylor Turner for the artwork and Kyle Fields for the intro music. Don't forget to tell someone you love how much they mean to you, especially during Pride Month. Bye.